y'all. We're back for part two, another episode of Small Talk. We have Sabine as well as Chris here in the building again. We're talking about growing up black. This time we're going to touch a little bit on our family dynamics. We're going to dig and dive into it. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. I think in as a black culture, um, implementing things early in the home or if we jump back to, you know, what we're actually talking about growing up black, um, using terms like king and queen or beautiful or gorgeous or even you're doing a great job are not often used in the black home when you're when you're when you're growing up, right? Uh-huh. So black love in the house. Um, I think it's so important that I think that there's 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 a lack some some people got it some people didn't right but do y'all believe that um, the tough love that's given mm. because black folks like to describe it as tough love I'm preparing you for the world the world's not gonna love you this is how it's gonna be the white man's not gonna love you do y'all think that um, creates later creates these things for us as we get older as a black community um, to, to not necessarily grow or have the tools that we needed if we would have just received the, the black love at home if mm-hmm. I'm making if that makes any sense what I'm saying. It, 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 it does um, I'm gonna say I think that it is necessary to do it the way that we've been doing it because we need thick skin in this world but the only thing is growing up that way just repeats the cycle yeah Yep. It doesn't change it. And when do you break it? When do you yeah. become the one that says, all right, that right. didn't work. And I've, and I've acknowledged the things that I have wrong with me because of, uh, and I want to do it differently for my children. You can right. still have tough love, but when I come into my house, I want it to be a place of peace and the world is not inside my house. So, you know what I'm saying? Like on the outside, I think it's important to understand all right put your skin on and when we go out here there's a way to behave and stuff like that um but when you're in this house i do want to be able to show you that you can let your hair down you can um relax and learn things and it doesn't always have to be tough love i don't have to always be criticizing you or telling you you know yeah you did well but you know what I'm saying? Like, I can give you a compliment without having to put but at the end. Um, mm-hmm. So there has to be a difference between knowing that in my house, I do feel loved. And then when I go outside, yeah, I'm loved, but it's it's a, it's a tougher love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that I just have an issue, especially as talking about like the power of words, right? I don't think that it should be called tough love. Because I think I think a piece of that is like for instance, we and we hear this a lot, like we would get disciplined, right? And then it's like I'm doing this because I love you. So then mm. that creates the cycle of is this okay, so what? now now I'm expecting yeah. if somebody now says that they love me, at some yeah. point pain is gonna be connected like with this. that. And that's right. and that's normal, right? So so I don't like the idea of tough love, right? Sure, couldn't it be parental correction could it just be correction could it just be having a teachable moment and i think for me like i was grateful because um because like my dad like growing up he just got he just got beat right with whatever no explanation and that was just that um so he decided when he had kids right um to your point this is when he he was the one that decided to break the cycle yes my brother and i would still get disciplined but number one my dad is a lecturer 
So he gave us every reason. He would sit us down and explain to us why talking back was not appropriate, the consequences of that. And and then there was, so my mom had a different way of disciplining us, right? We're not going to talk about that. But the constructive <laughs> way is that, like, my dad would do things for real. Like, he would give us a lecture and then he would have us do, like, physical activity, i.e., like, push-ups, like, walk yes. mm-hmm. like, like, so me and my brother growing up, we didn't like each other. I don't know what's up with that, but we really just didn't like each other. Then one day we was like, oh, wait, we cool. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. But we would, he would make us look, just stand, stand uh, eye to eye and just stare at each other's eyes. And then we, and then we have to say, I love you. I love you. That was the hardest thing Believe. to do. It was, I, wow. I'll never forget the day. My brother was like, just tell mom to hit us. <laughs> this is torture but I, but I think it really helped us to understand like number one like when somebody loves you they do take time a to listen to you but to also teach you mm-hmm. to help you grow it should be constructive right it should be something that that's meaningful because most times if your parent is only resorting to hitting you Number one, they they are now just um it's a cycle of trauma responses, I like to say. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just this cycle. And then that that's what will continue. So now right. I'm I now know that okay, if somebody's now just trying to correct me, now I don't know how to take constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know how to take Brittany to your earlier point about when somebody's just trying to help me grow mm-hmm. and just teaching me a different perspective or a different way of looking at things, and I'm automatically getting defensive. Now I'm mm-hmm. automatically getting aggressive. Why? Mm-hmm. Because that's what I did in my home. If that's mm-hmm. home base, then what 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 else would I be doing in the world? Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And then and then you have people that say, "Well, you can't do this because the only person I do is my mama, and my mama don't even do that." Mm-hmm. You're not my mama. You're not my daddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why, why is that? Because now, because now that to... now that disrupts cycles of like having mentorship in mm-hmm. the community. Mm-hmm. 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 It's just this whole so. Mm-mm. I don't know and where I was going with that, what the original question was, but no, 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 you hit it, you hit it, and I think like, and then, then like, so we're taught to, we're taught that the world is not going to love us, and then you're showing tough love inside the home, so it's like, well, dang, where to love at, you know, Where's like, break? we're not getting it, we're not getting it no. in here, you're teaching us that they're not going to love us out there, so where does it come in? I will, I love, I love, um, Tyler Perry has a huge amount of money, but all of his movies kind of focused on some sort of trauma related something in the black community, right? And mm-hmm. I feel like it's almost like it starts it starts when you're yay high, it starts in your home and blah 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 blah. Think about it. We sit down, we watch these movies with our teenagers and our and our youth and our kids or our young adults that are just now starting to experiencing real dating or whatever they want to call it. But you're watching black women get beat up. You're watching black dudes get beat up. Talked about trash. This dude. All most black movies. Most black movies have some form of trauma, underlying trauma in the in the storyline. Yeah. And it's just like, yes, we do. We understand our struggles, right? Yes, we understand. You know that we've gone through some sort of hardships. That angry black woman, whatever y'all want to call it, we understand it. But to continuously have these types of things, we're taught this at an early age. Then we got to watch it on on film as young adults and then kind of like live it, you know, when we are adults. It's it's really, really, 
it's really hard because where's our walk to remember like i just right. don't, we don't have so, so but you, I, what, nah, go ahead. Is it crazy though because when we do i feel like the the very few times that we get those movies we criticize them we do to no end <laughs> like you see them and everything about it is like oh that's phony all of this all that because we just had the one with uh Issa Rae and and Lakeith Stanfield I believe oh, the, the photograph photograph and it was a lovely type of movie but man the critiques that that thing got really it was like people wanted the Tyler Perry but that goes back to what you're taught in the house. Exactly. Okay. So, so I, I will say programming again, I'm bringing that word up because I really do believe that's, that's where everything comes from, from, from entertainment to music. It is a pro. And, and if you're constantly fed something all the time, you're just going to naturally adapt. And I know when I was little, uncle Phil was my pops. Like I didn't yes. grow you know, I didn't have a father. So um, Uncle Phil was my pops. And I'm sure by now that that term is very played out. Um, but it's the truth. When I watched Fresh Prince, I wanted to, I listened to the guy. I understood it. I, did, I wasn't getting any masculine energy from anywhere else. So this was it. Even Carl Winslow, like, I didn't really get it as much as I got it from Uncle Phil, you know? And, and these shows when we were younger, at least um, people that grew up in the 90s, I can say, because now it's different. You had these shows, even, even the 80s with the Cosby show and stuff like that. You had the parent figure. They were the stars of the show. The children were the co-stars. Right, but now right. entertainment, has Hollywood has realized, well, I make more money and more views if I get the kids to watch the show. So now, who do we make the stars? For them to relate to the show, we need to make the kids the stars. So then, what do they do? They make the parents be the fools. And what do we do as parents? Here, watch this. I, I, I Watch this because I, I ain't got time to really sit there and babysit. So now you have this thing programming your child. They see, like, Peppa Pig is the worst. She's the rudest person I've ever met in my life. And he literally sit there and be like, oh, she's watching Peppa Pig. What? Why? Why are we doing this? Take it off. <laughs> and, and, and that's just because, well, most of us, we come from a very, I know my mom, independent black woman working this, that, and the third. She didn't have time to watch me. You know, when you look in other cultures, they can be housewives. So they can sit there and actually take the time to... You know, yeah, do that yeah. stuff. So when we get home, we're too tired to take the time and discipline them the right way because we, we, we're we tired ourselves. So we just let these things discipline them and let them program our kids. Like even Disney today, what when's, when was the last time you've seen a Johnny Tsunami or, or, or like any one of those great Disney movies oh when God. we were younger? Hocus <laughs> Pocus, like, you know, all, all of those things. We don't get that at all. So now, not only as parents are we fighting the time that we don't have to spend with our kids, but we're also battling the music. Cardi B literally said, I will never let my kid, what did she say? I don't, don't want to let my kid listen to my music. So then why are you giving it to the other kids? You know? Um, See, but uh, that's a parenting thing. It, it, okay, it is a parenting thing, but to me, it's not an individual-based parenting thing. Yes, you control yeah. your household. You but if the, if the entertainment industry would control it um, on a parental level in general, 
then now we don't have to worry about what our kids are watching. We don't have to worry about what our kids are listening to because we know that the country has got us parentally. You know what I mean? But now we got to do it on an individual basis. But no, for them, it's just money. And and when greed and money comes into play, because at the end of the day, the reason why you go to work and you can't spend it for your kid is why? Because of money. So at the end of the day, you, you, you're, you're bringing most of these problems into your home literally because of money and who is i would say the group that's classified to be the most impoverished group in america it would be us yeah so we have no it's almost like we have no choice yeah we can sit there and try our best to be different parents than our parent before us but we now understand the struggle that we went through when we grew up so a part of you does want to be stern you have to because Mm -hmm. if you're not stern then, you know, you're, you, they're going to go out into the other way. And this was my problem. You're going to go out into the world and think that it's all roses. And boom, you're just going to be culture shocked. Like, yo, this, this is happening? For real? I didn't realize that. And that's not good because now if that person doesn't realize that in their teens and they realize that in their 30s, now they probably experience that way too late before they can recover. But at least if they experience it when they have the energy and the time to do it when they're young, and that's because of the parent in that situation. But I, I do like the fact that you changed the word from tough love to parental correction. Because, again, that, that's huge. It isn't tough love. It is parental correction. And I, I really enjoy that. It's crazy because that's not even taken into consideration the dynamic in, in Black households with not having both parents. Yes. That's another thing. That's another thing. Like, if you I don't have cool. your mother, you don't have your father... Yeah. And now you, you're one parent who's left to do the work of both. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. exhausting. And it's kind of impossible. I'm sorry. I know I'm taking up too much no. time. I, I get passionate with these kind of you're things. <laughs> so when you have, Sabine, a great point. I, first of all, my mom is the greatest female on earth. No offense to anybody here, but I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but however, she did it on her own. Right. right. She she didn't. I didn't have any masculine. My coach in in high school was the first masculine energy I really got. You know what I mean. And even mm-hmm. then, it wasn't the same. A woman, I personally believe, and 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 I could be wrong, cannot raise a man. They can raise a boy to be a grown up, but they can't raise a man because there are just certain things that you don't go through as a female to understand and relate what a man goes through. For instance, dating. You can't tell me, oh, be yourself. No, that is going to get you killed out here. Don't do that. Don't be yourself. You know what I mean? The same thing with a father. A father cannot raise a daughter to be a woman. It's impossible. What happens at that time of the month? What you going to do? Oh, well, usually when I get it, oh, I don't get it. So it's impossible. You need both dynamics in the house. And not to mention, I feel like you need to see as a child how your father is treating the mother and why your mother stays in with your father in that loving relationship. Because now, what do they say? You know, every, every uh, son wants to find a woman like his mother. And then every daughter wants to find a guy like his father, like her father. Why? Because that's, that's the thing that they've seen their whole life. Now, if I see that my going back to King and Queen, if my father is calling me queen and nobody else 
I know I need to find a man who treats me to that status. So now I'm not going to not love myself and become an OnlyFans model because I want to uh, I want to find a man who appreciates me this way, not not as you know some meat out here. Same thing as the sun. You know I know that. I need a woman who is in her femininity, who is submissive and doesn't want to combat me because I'm the deadbeat. You're just you're just furthering the narrative that I don't want to be with my people, and that's why white women. You know, it's just it is what it is. So now, if that mother is in that dynamic and and being treated very well from the father, because it could also go left too if if she stays in an abusive relationship. That's what's going to happen to the daughter and vice versa. But I'm just saying, in a loving relationship, if they still watching that unfold, I guarantee, and there's studies on this, they will grow up to be more successful. They will grow up to have a relationship that is successful. And I still envy relationships that are 50, 40 years long. Like, I think that's amazing. I would love to be able to say that, you know, but you know that those people have been through everything, everything. There's not one thing that a person who's, who's been together for 50 years, hasn't gone through. It is not, you can't tell me nothing. I don't care. However, they have clearly lasted the test of time. And if your children can see that and they're like, yo, they did it. Why can't I? That to me is a better form of hope uh, uh, in any, in any relationship when you stay together. Now, the question is, if you decide to leave, you need to question why you chose this person as a mate in the first place. It isn't, it isn't the relationship that's that's messing up. Maybe it's your decision making. However, if you got the child, you decided to stay in it. The best thing to do for that child is to stay in that relationship. No, let me not say that. The best thing, <laughs> the best thing to do for that child. That part. Let me. The, the best thing to do for that child is to either uh, find a mate that you would want them. If if they're a daughter, you'd want, and you're a woman, you want them to be with. Or if they're a son, you got to be the best representation of a person that you would want him to be with. And if that isn't the, the biological person, then you have the, the authority. It's your duty in this moment to sit there and say, I'm not going to do this alone. Yeah, I'm a strong black woman, but I'm not doing this alone. You're messing up the child by doing that. You got to go find a mate that says, hey, this is what I want um, you to mirror when you grow up. It's, it's your duty. So I'm, an, I'm I, hmm, hmm. okay, I'm gonna say this. <laughs> a lot of thoughts going through, through my brain, right? So my, my husband is a stepfather. That's, that's, it's not his biological daughter. And uh, without throwing too much of my business out there, co-parenting, biological father, it ain't it, ain't it right? Um, so I was, I was fortunate enough to have someone come into my life and not only take on me and put me, I already knew that I was a queen, but he legit adjusted my crown a little bit and then took in my daughter as well, right? Um, and, I, and I appreciate that wholeheartedly, but I will say that it wasn't because I was looking for someone to, um, I, so I grew up in a home where both of my, my parents have been married for 38 years. So I don't know, I, I don't come from a, divorced or a single parent home you know I, I always family we we still this day we still do things together you know so for me now in a relate in a toxic relationship having a daughter it didn't work out 
you know, I was just like, dang, I don't want her to grow up not getting what I, what I, what I got. Um, but I also didn't, but I didn't go, so I didn't go out looking for a mate to make sure that she got like the, the daddy right. part of it. Right. So I'm guess I'm guessing my, what my point is, is that it doesn't even necessarily have to be a mate as long as there's some there's someone in her life because for for a minute before my husband came along and he came along fairly early when she was like one and a half um but prior to that during her baby stages when me and her father were not together my dad my brother played those male roles in her life it wasn't my mate it was obviously um but she, she got that. It was never lacking for her, never, you know? And even now, she still sees her biological father and she has a stepfather at home. So it's like, she ha now she has five different men that can tell her like, watch out for this type of dude, he ain't it, you know? Right. And then can teach her those womanly roles that we, we all learn. So I don't think that um, it necessarily has to be a mate. I feel like as long as there's someone in that child's life that can show them both done it because I'm a woman so it was easier for me I have a daughter but if I had a son of course I'd be like okay let me find a male somebody whether Some if I didn't have a brother you know like somebody so, to show those ways I just want to rebuttal that point and I'm I actually played stepdad for two and a half years so I, I kind of understand that dynamic and and you know, I kind of wish the child was still present in my life now, I'll be honest with you. Um, it's, it's just one of those things. However, when I say, I, I feel like you proved my point by trying to say you don't need it. Because the fact that you grew up in a household that had, you never had a single parent lifestyle. And now you knew that that's what you wanted for your daughter. I'm not saying you went out and said, hey, I need to find a guy because my daughter needs it. No, that if that's the case, she has a teacher. She has a, a the reverend. There's, there's so many people out there. But we can't forget yourself. I feel like love comes in many different forms and, and shapes and sizes. And, you know, intimacy is a necessary part of, of you know, human biology. You know, some people will go years without it, but at the end of the day, like, if they would rather it than not, even if they say out loud that they don't want it. And and I think we have to be selfish in that respect, too, that you deserve to be just as needing as that male masculine energy as your daughter and vice versa. I, I think that that's important to know. You have to have it because if you're just working and playing the role of two people the whole time, you know, I'm not saying find a mate for just your daughter or your son, but for you as well, you know? And you did it. You went and found somebody that you felt... He, he found fine. me. Mm -hmm. uh, e well, even better. <laughs> even better. You know what I mean? That's my point. Like, somehow the, the, the universe has brought y'all together because of what your mindset was growing up. Not that you went in the white pages and like, all right, is this Jim? All right, damn, that's not working. You know, you didn't try to... You didn't try to like search for somebody, but you knew for you knew that that was the dynamic you wanted your your kids to grow up in, and that is all I'm saying. When you have a single parent dynamic, especially oh man, when it's mother daughter and it's just them two, literally teaching your daughter how to be an earlier version of yourself. So now, if you sit there and say, "Well, I don't need I don't need men," this that and the third, what are you forcing onto your kid? And now. 
when you say, I don't need men, I don't need men, this, that, and the third, and you're forcing that onto your kid, what is your kid going to do when they grow up? They're going to still kind of hold some idea of it. Maybe they'll meet somebody that changes their perspective and happily ever after. Maybe they'll find somebody who changes their perspective for a shirt time, and then they break their heart, and it's like, oh, I should have listened to mom, and now it's over. They're never getting back. And what did you just do? You created a person who now um, can't pair bond. Because if they can't pair bond, now their their intimate moments are going to be just in that moment. And that's it. And now they're going to find somebody else. And what do we call that in society? You feel me? So to me, I think the psychology of it growing up is a very, very important thing. The thing that you tell your kids now when they're growing up is literally going to reflect itself in the future. And I feel like as parents, we have a duty. I don't care if it's my kid or not. The, the community raises a child. We have a duty and a responsibility to raise kids in a manner that is not only best in their interests, but in their peers' interests as well. Mm-hmm. And absolutely, it takes a village to, to raise your children. And that's not, a, that's not just a term to throw out there, or phrase, it's the truth. So I 100% agree with that. Um, but you also have to tread lightly with that too, because when you're out there, quote unquote, looking, you have to walk on eggshells because you also don't want your door consistently opening and closing. Exactly. And you're also exactly. teaching your yes. child that it's okay to have this for old Billy. Jesse coming over. So you got to be careful with that too, because, and also kids bring bonds with people. So yes. Mm-hmm. yes, that person leaves, you know, and then it's like, oh, well, where's such and such? And it's like, you have mm-hmm. to explain that to the child and da, 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 da. So it's a whole realm of things when it comes to children and even growing up. And I think as a black culture, we kind of like glaze over that. So I'm happy that we're having this conversation because it's not talked about enough in our culture. Cause we think it's okay. Single mom life. Oh, I'm people, but women and men love to put on this cape and be on this cape. Single parent. I got this. I got That is great. Doing the thing, but I 100% agree with you that having both dynamics in the household definitely plays a role. We have to look for things and work a little bit harder for things. So having both dynamics and both perspectives in the household ultimately builds us up to become better people. And that, like I said earlier, it doesn't have to be a mate, just someone in your life that can empower you um, as a male and as a female role um, definitely affects the, the black child in general growing up. Especially because as your kid gets older, they start to understand more and they, they start they start to absorb things like a sponge, you know? So maybe, maybe you get away with doing certain, you know, behaviors when the kid is really young and they won't know, but then the kid, the kid becomes impressionable and starts to really, oh my gosh, when I see kids who ask them, but why, but why? <laughs> And you really have to start answering those questions because yeah. you're legit, you know, presenting something something to them that is making them question it. Um, you start to be mindful about the things that you do, the way, the things that you say, the way you carry yourself, et cetera. At least that's what I think. I ain't a parent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like, I can't speak on the, you know, I don't have <laughs> children. Um, but I definitely do think that it's, it's, to both of your points, right, just how you grow up, it definitely just impacts the young people that you're around, the children that you have or will have, um, and just how you connect with other people. 
So even like, so Chris, to your point, right, of not having a male figure around you and how that's impacted you, right? And because of that, because there's always like two sides of it. So now, because like for when you have kids, now it's like, okay, I want to be this type of dad and I want to be very present because this is not what I have. But for other people, it's like, well, I'm just not going to be around because I didn't, I didn't have that example, right? right. Or, um, and even Britt, to your point of like, well, I have both my parents in the home and we was cool. So now that's something that I want to have as well, right? So, and I think also seeing like, for me, I had both parents in the home and then I didn't, right? So like, so even seeing how that is, it's like, wow, I thought they were like really wow, it's, it's, they were together for 25 years and then nothing? Yeah. Okay, all right. And then that that is even impacting the way that I view future relationships, right? And even the concept of marriage in general, which is a whole nother podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going for that one. But, <laughs> but, but it really does, it, it does impact it. And for me, I wouldn't even have some of the thoughts that I have around just relationships and how you connect with people if it wasn't for the things that I saw in the home. Because right. yeah. that's that's the starting place of everything, whether mm-hmm. we whether we want to think about that or not, wh- whether things were present or not, that's where a lot of our um, ideologies and just the way we feel about culture, people, music, things, it comes from what you either had in the home or did not have in the home. But it all it all it all comes full circle and, and it it builds who you are and how you relate to folks, right? Just just in general of all walks of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just it's just interesting how growing up black and even bring it full circle with that, right? But growing up black and how it's really just impacted us individually. So like and I've heard it said like it's not a monolith, right? So we've we've all had different experiences, different walks of life, but there are certain things that's like but growing up black, there are just some things mm-hmm. and the concept of really this community. Yeah. The, this sense this sense of community is something that I think is like, and you see this, I don't know many other cultures that have like family reunions. I don't know many cultures that have like, like for us, we had a lot of block parties. Now yes. it wasn't everybody for real, but it was, it was the block and we were yes. just out and about, you know, just, just because. Um, so I think that sense of community, it really helps to a build up our children. And I can say like our children, um, because when we turn on the news, right. It's like, oh, those black people, mm. they, they, they group us together anyway, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So it's like, if I can do my part with the young folks, I'll do it. I'll do it. Mm-hmm. That's facts. Yeah. It's funny, you mentioned, uh, <laughs> sorry, Brett. you mentioned um, the household and like what you grew up with and like the music. And I instantly thought of like my mom, um, open airing out the house that's what she says <laughs> she, I like to clean the house she would air out the house open up all the windows turn the ac off and then she would be blasting like some mary j blige or yeah <laughs> weird thing saturday morning it was yes. saturday morning in my house and yeah. i feel like i i carry that with me as an adult now there's certain like i love 90s r&b because of you know what was being played in my house as opposed to like the newer stuff mm-hmm. so yeah Mhm. Mhm. Yep. Certain things we care, we will always carry over. Even we're so creative. The black culture is so creative. We're always coming out with some new dances, some new challenges, whatever. And <laughs> I think about like 
you know, our parents doing the cabbage patch or the bump or the camel walk or whatever it is. But we're, and then for our age, I'm like, oh, chicken noodle soup? Like, uh, <laughs> let's walk it out right quick. You know, but then now they got the, I don't even know what they doing now. They all this, whatever, TikTok. The Junebug. <laughs> the Junebug challenge, right. But it's a part of our culture and it's just passed down from generation to generation. And though even, 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 the most, the infamous electric slide that is held down at every black function, whether it's a wedding, whether it's a repast or a funeral. Yeah. And we, and, we don't, and we don't only do it to that song. We do it to like every song everything. possible. Like. <laughs> everything, everything. So it's all a part of the culture, man. That's so true, Britt. That really just made me think about just line dancing in general. And okay, so line dancing like i i totally get it in the black community right and like you know and every every region has their own way of doing certain things right i love a good line dance like the electric slide the cha-cha slide a little bit of a little bit of this a little bit of that right and I, I i literally remember even like my first time learning the electric slide it was like okay babe it was at my uncle's wedding i was about yay high and but it was like a, a right of rites of passage if you will right yeah um but then it makes me think about how I know that's just like our culture. Because if you say line dancing in any other culture or anything like that, it is not that, y'all. Okay, it's not, <laughs> not that. I showed up to a spot. Okay, in Florida, they had on their little hats, <laughs> their boots. boots. <laughs> Very much country music. Yeah. yeah, not 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 what I thought it was gonna be. But yeah, yeah. I, I just yeah. I I love I love being black. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Um, mm -hmm. Growing up black was an adventure, to say yeah. the least. Mm -hmm. um, but it, but it was a great adventure, and it was it was unique, unique to us, unique to our community. Mm -hmm. That's what yeah, I it was love. A privilege. It was a privilege, mm -hmm. man. I think it was a privilege. We talk about yeah. white privilege all the time, but shoot, there's black privilege too, and that's being yep. black. So, yep. so there we have it. Uh, this has been. Another episode of Small Talk. Listen, we had three queens. I'm gonna say it. Chris had to jump off one king <laughs> on our podcast. Yes, we're calling them kings and queens. And we'll tune in. Well, y'all make sure y'all tune in on the next episode. Peace. Bye.